0: Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. So welcome to the first edition of Box Pro Magazine's Box Talk, a bi-monthly podcast with affiliate and coach. With us today is Alex Black. Uh, And Alex, can you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, yeah, so I'm a
1: part-time CrossFit coach at CrossFit Boston, uh, located in Brighton, Massachusetts. So it's right over, uh, over the river from Cambridge. And I coach about two to four hours a week. Um, in my day job, I work for the Trade Association for Health and Fitness Clubs. So really my job is fitness all around. Uh, but I'm a registered dietitian as well, so in addition to coaching at the gym, uh, I provide some nutrition information, I write a weekly blog post.
0: So as you might have guessed, Alex has a bit of experience with nutrition. So uh, with this first podcast of Box Top, we really thought it'd be a great idea to start it off with a conversation about nutrition, about how to help the Box's members with their nutrition in the year 2016. So I guess the first question I really want to ask you, Alex, is how, why is pairing nutrition with CrossFit really essential? What What is the mentality behind that? Why is that key?
1: Well, I think whether you're talking about CrossFit or any other type of activity, I mean, ultimately, fitness and nutrition go hand in hand. Um, it's important to fuel whatever you're doing with proper nutrition, adjust your diet to achieve your uh, your fitness or your weight loss or your health goals. Um, you know, the ideal diet looks different for everybody. Um, you know, Rich Froning is going to eat something different than me, who goes to the gym three to four times a week. Um, but ultimately, I think it's important because CrossFitters are generally a, a pretty invested population. You know, they're coming to the gym. They want to get better. They want to get more fit, more healthy. Uh, and nutrition is such a big part of that. I think to leave it out, you're really setting yourself up not to succeed.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So... um. It, in terms of CrossFit Boston, how uh, do you go about accomplishing bringing nutrition into the gym, into the lives of the members that you work with, that you train, that you do life with, even?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny. I have even before I was, you know, acting as the the box's dietitian, I would have friends texting me and asking questions, and so I was always around. Um, people knew I was a dietitian, but. Now, now, we really just try to put education in front of our members on a regular basis. Um, every Wednesday, I write a blog post, and I cover relevant nutrition topics. Um, I've written about the paleo diet, because, of course, that's always, like, everyone who does CrossFit, it's like, so I should eat paleo, right? Um, you know, I talked about new cholesterol recommendations when they came out. I talked about, you know, I shared a funny video on, um, on soda and, and its effects on the body, and... Um, you know, this week I wrote, I started a three-part series on meat and poultry labeling because if you go to the grocery store, you know, there's like, the shelf is splattered with all natural and like that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and so um, I wrote about that. And we also, in addition to the blog post, do a tip of the week and it goes on our whiteboard. Uh, right now, we put it right underneath where we write the workout on the left side of the board and then we'll have, you know, the names of people and their, um, their scores on the right and I usually correlate the tip of the week with the blog post. So this week, you know, my blog post was all about how the um, how egg packaging is labeled and what, you know, cage-free means versus organic versus free range. And then my tip of the week was know your eggs. And I wrote a very brief synopsis of what I had said in the blog post on the tip of the week so people can glance at it if they want more information. It's on the blog. Um, but at least they're getting it either there or on the Internet. And then I also have... Um, we, have, we like to take advantage of our captive audience at CrossFit Boston, so we have some information on the inside of the bathroom stalls. Uh, right now, it's a flyer on paleo because we recently had uh, a merger with another gym, and so we had a bunch of new members coming in um, who hadn't had a nutritionist at their box before, so we covered that topic, um, but it'll vary. I think the next one I do will be on vitamin D because it's winter in New England, and we're all pale and you know covering every inch of our face and body when we go outside, uh, if there's any sun at all there anyway. Uh, so we just try to cover relevant things, put them in different places. Um, I really just try to hit topics that I think I, that my members are interested in. So it's really important, and I'll say this a little bit later, but to know your membership. Um, and I think this will tie into you know, why combining them is so great, but really having an understanding of what your members are interested in, where they are in their lives, and what they want to know. Um, and we've also incorporated nutrition into some diet programs. So we did a lifestyle challenge a couple years ago uh, and I produced a little recipe book to help people come to paleo because, I mean, that's, you know, one of the hardest things about going to paleo is like, okay, I can't just dump a box of pasta, you know. Um, and so we enabled members to upgrade to some additional nutrition support and that included that recipe book and email contact with me whenever they wanted, and a weekly group session where they could meet with other people who were getting that nutrition support. Um, and we had a few people participate in that.
0: So that was good. Wow. It sounds like you guys are doing a lot.
1: <laughs> we are. And I mean, one-on-one counseling you know, is one of those things that I think we would love to do, but with my full-time job, I don't have the bandwidth. Uh, but I do know there, are, I've, I've heard through friends, other dietitians are doing that at boxes. Um, so it's certainly something that works perhaps a follow-up nutrition podcast you can talk to one of those dietitians
0: yeah but it it sounds like too but you you've really looked into what works for your your box what works for CrossFit Boston and the members and so I know you kind of said um that you were going to hit on the membership what 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 is it that you look for in Uh, when you're determining what you're going to talk about or what's going to be relevant to your membership? What are, what are those things that start to lead you down the path of, okay, I'm going to write about this and I'm going to, you know, put these things in the bathroom stalls. And uh, what are the kind of those clues and those hints that you see in the membership that help you decide what to talk about nutrition wise?
1: Yeah. So I would say on a week to week basis, it's probably current events. Um, It'll be something, I mean, it's anything from, you know, I wrote all about the all-natural food label, which isn't really a food label because it's not regulated by anyone. Uh, When I saw all-natural white Cheetos and then I saw all-natural granola bars, I'm just like, I mean, it doesn't, you know, people think it means healthy, but it doesn't mean anything. Um, And so that, you know, led to me going on a little bit of a rant on our blog. Um, But it's also about, I think, speaking to the level of your membership. So, I mean, it's going to be different from everyone. Like in Boston, Our membership tends to be pretty well informed. They've read about this stuff before. We have a couple of doctors at our gym, both the MD and PhD kind. Um, So they're not at the what is a carbohydrate, Uh, you know, should I drink water or Gatorade? Like they're a little bit past that uh, for the most part. And so I try to speak to them about things that they're really going to be interested in. you know, a lot of my job is just making sense of conflicting information every week. I mean, we have, um, I didn't coin this term and I wish I had, but we're sort of in a state of infobesity where we just have so much information available and not all of it is very useful. I mean, you know, you think of, Oh, we have way too many calories, more calories than anyone ever needs in our food supply. We also have way more nutrition information than anyone might ever need. And it's confusing for people. Um, you know, you hear one second, you hear exercise is essential for weight loss. You know, if you're going to lose weight and maintain it, you have to exercise. And then you read an article from, I think it was the New York Times or the Washington Post, one of those. And it was like, put down your Fitbit. Exercise won't make you lose weight. And I mean, there's just so much of that stuff out there. Um, so I feel like part of my job is just breaking that stuff down when something like that comes up saying, well, let's wait a minute. Let's take a step back. Um, You know, I did that when the World Health Organization designated processed meat as a group one carcinogen and red meat as a group two A carcinogen. And people were like, oh my God, meat causes cancer? I mean, half the world said, you know, oh, meat causes cancer, I'm going to go vegan. And the other half said, well, that can't be right. Um, And so I just broke it down and I said, well, what does that mean? You know, statistically it sounds scary, but maybe it's not as scary. Um, And then we also have, you know, at our gym... Some graduate students and some younger people, and so I try to, I try to focus on things like how to drink responsibly, you know, how to socialize without doing a lot of damage and still staying within where you're going to achieve some goals.
0: No, th- no, that's great, and it just sounds like you've really. I mean, it's just what CrossFit is. Is that CrossFit itself tailors itself to the culture of the gym a lot of times, and that's mm-hmm. sounds like what has been done with nutrition at CrossFit Boston as well. And so I guess. In terms of that, what are maybe some of the key problem areas that you've seen with members and their nutrition specifically at CrossFit Boston that you've h- kind of had to address, um, you know, over the years that you've been there?
1: Yeah, so I don't. I mean, I don't see a ton of glaring problems. Like nobody shows up to CrossFit having just eaten McDonald's. Um, if they do that, they've generally figured out why that's a bad idea in their fundamentals <laughs> training with their coach. Um, but you know, actually, one of the biggest things I see is you know i have to preface this by saying crossfitters are an invested crowd right you're paying two to three hundred dollars depending on where you go to your gym maybe 150 to 300 um is better i'm i'm in high price new england over here but um you know you want to do everything you can to be successful and i think a lot of people get so revved up they go on a diet challenge right like this ties into the new year's thing too um you know, they go on a paleo challenge or a lifestyle challenge, and you know, they've been eating whatever they've been eating, whether it was, you know, healthy or really not healthy, and they just jump off this cliff and they're like, I'm not eating a lot of carbs, like I'm eating broccoli and like chicken and eggs and bacon, and they, they show up to the workout and they're tired. And you know, we had one guy, he had just started a diet challenge. Um and he showed up to the morning workout, and he hadn't eaten any breakfast. And he just his numbers were down, and he was sluggish. And I was like, "Well, what did you eat for breakfast?" And you know that led to the conversation of, "Well, I didn't eat anything for breakfast, and I've been doing this challenge." And um, so it's good to do those challenges, like they keep you honest. They can get you back into the swing of things. I'm all for that. But I think people sometimes they don't realize what a drastic cut they're making, and that just makes it so much harder. I think physically and mentally to stick with it in the first place. Uh, So just helping people figure out how to gradually cut back, you know, maybe go paleo, but eat some sweet potatoes, uh, that first week and, or even potatoes, um, you know, and eat enough calories. If, if you're taking out all of this stuff and you're cutting back carbs, you can still, um, maybe add a little fat, have avocados, um, or again, keep up with the carbohydrates.
0: And is there a particular way in which you, address uh, the members with these nutrition problems that you're seeing? Because, you know, sometimes nutrition can be a really touchy topic for people. And, you know, if you had, you know, maybe said to that guy, like, well, you should eat breakfast, you know, and he reacted badly, I guess, is there a certain way in which you have these conversations that can maybe sometimes be a little bit harder to have?
1: Well, I think that's the great thing about everyone knowing me. I mean, I was a member at the gym for probably three years before I started doing nutrition And at that, I even just started with a weekly blog post. So these, I mean, you know, the guy that I had that conversation with, I mean, we've been friends, we go to the same book club, like he, you know, we joke around, like, I knew that I could say, well, like, dude, I mean, what are you doing? Like, you're not eating breakfast, you know? (laughs) Um, I think that's helpful. With newer people, I think, you know, a lot of the way I address nutrition is through the blog. Um, and I take sort of a humorous, not quite snarky, but a little bit, you know, I'm a little more casual with it. I might throw in the occasional swear if, if there are too many all naturals <clears throat> on, uh, on the food products that I'm looking at that, that week. But um, you can tell that's my pet peeve. <laughs> but I really address it through the blog a lot. And if someone is individually talking to me about their nutrition, it generally means that we're at a place where we're comfortable to have that conversation
0: so with all these you know the problems and the negatives that um, can maybe arise and such maybe let's let's look a little bit more positively and you know what are your biggest um, tips in helping these members be successful from the start from the beginning of the new year from beginning of you know the change of their life that they're um, stepping into you know how can you what are your tips on helping them be successful from the very start from starting off on the right foot
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing is for people to know themselves. You know, when I, if someone comes to me and they say, I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to start a new diet or like, I want to get my health back in gear. My advice is typically like, okay, let's go back to the basics. Like let's go to the paleo diet or something close to it. Right. I'm not, I'm not a big stickler about removing the peanuts and the legumes if you're not allergic to them, um, you know, and I, I'm not a big stickler about white potatoes, but you know, let's get rid of the grains, let's get rid of the processed stuff, the snacks. Let's eat more nuts and vegetables and fruits. Let's do that for two weeks, right? See, you know what we can kind of just easily remove. You know, get off of the sugar. Um, and you do have sugar withdrawals. I mean, I came back from Christmas and I finished my lunch, and I was like, I need a cookie. Like, I just need a cookie. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, it happens. It does. And so just getting through that, and then figuring out what you really miss, and what makes your life, you know, awful without, and what you can just get rid of. I mean, I think my first paleo challenge, I was like, I don't know why I even buy pasta, like, rice is cheap, too. And I don't even, um, I don't need it. And you know, rice, you can mix up like some mashed cauliflower in there. So you spread it out a little bit more. Um, And that was sort of a breakthrough for me. And, but I also realized that I don't like reheated eggs. And so I'm pretty miserable if I can't have like, Oatmeal for breakfast or something. So, usually my breakfast is Ezekiel toast or oatmeal, and that's fine because that works for me. So, it's really bringing that down to the basics and then knowing yourself. Like, nutrition is trial and error. I mean, you've seen the articles about how everything we know about food is wrong. And I don't think that that's an adequate representation, but nutrition research is so difficult that I think it's impossible to say, you know, this works for one person, this is going to work for me. Um, it's really individual and knowing what you like and how you react to foods. You know, if you eat Tromix before the workout, you might feel sick. Your friend might feel fine. Um, I feel like it's one of those things runners are really good at because if you've ever had a long run and eaten the wrong snack, it's the worst thing in the world. Um, And I think a lot more people need to be like that to figure out um, what works for you. So I guess after my ramble, my tip would be to bring it down to the basics and really get to know yourself and what you like and don't like and what you can live without and, you know, what you can have in moderation and what you can't have in moderation. Like I can't have Nutella in moderation because I either eat the whole jar of Nutella in two days or I don't have Nutella in my house. Um, And it's figuring stuff like that out about yourself
0: and with your with your blog do you try to help members figure that out about themselves as well because you kind of go into like labels and different foods and you kind of talk about these things is that maybe one of your goals with your your blogs is to help members figure out like what works for them
1: yeah and I mean I don't think a blog post is going to go deep enough to help an individual person figure out exactly what works for them but for the egg blog post example right You know, I basically pointed out that all eggs are a good source of protein. All eggs are gluten-free, antibiotic-free, hormone-free. You know, there's some sustainability factors in there and some humane animal treatment factors in there. But if you're, like, dirt broke and you need a healthy source of protein, you should definitely be buying eggs. Like, buy the $2.99 carton of eggs, right? It doesn't matter. If you have the extra $2, you know, then I'm talking about, okay, well, organic and cage-free, you know, they don't always allow outdoor access, but sometimes they do. Free range does allow outdoor access. Pasture-raised is even more outdoor access. You, you can make that choice based on what's important to you in that respect. Um, it was sort of the same thing with organic fruits and vegetables. You know, research really didn't find any major nutritional difference in the vegetables. It was more the difference of whether you were avoiding pesticides and, and, and um, focusing on sustainability. But for dairy, they did find a nutritional improvement from organic dairy um, in a couple of studies. So advising people, you know, if you want to buy organic vegetables... And you like spending your whole paycheck at Whole Foods, or you have a bigger paycheck than I do, and you can buy all that stuff at Whole Foods, and it's not your whole paycheck, then do that, but you don't have to. For dairy, it's much more highly recommended, and so trying to advise people that way. Um, but in terms of you know, for example, on supplements, I'll say, you know you need to know where you are and what your goals are and why you're taking the supplement, right? Like if you eat salmon three times a week, you probably don't need to take a fish oil supplement um, And that's something that's more individual and may require a little bit of a sit down. Um, And that sit down can be on the foam roller after class. I don't necessarily charge people for saying, hey, this is what I want to get. You know, do you think I should take this supplement? Um, But so some stuff the blog can address and some stuff just needs a deeper dive, but I do my best. Mm
0: Well, that's all we can do, right, is try our best.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, and I know you mentioned with your blog before that you try to really uh, break it down and make it a language that members can understand. You know, you said it, it does depend on the culture, but um, maybe what advice would you give in learning what what writing you can use, what words you can use, how you can explain it to the members? Is it just like learning the culture of your gym and learning um, how, you know, they understand things that helps you figure out the writing style in which you deliver all your nutrition advice?
1: Well, it is. And, you know, it's a fine line between breaking it down and not breaking down so much that people feel like they just read it on the Huffington Post. Like you want you want to, I mean, at least at my gym, right, like people are pretty informed. And so I can go into a little bit more detail. I can talk about a little bit more, you know, in when I talked about the processed and red meat thing from the World Health Organization, I sort of went a little bit into statistics to explain some of that stuff. um, And I knew that my gym would appreciate that. Um, So it's, yeah, it's really about knowing where your audience is. No, that makes sense.
0: And then also, Alex, I, I wanted to ask uh, about you being a CrossFit level one trainer and uh, a nutritionist, a, a dietitian at the same time. And I was just kind of curious uh, what it's like to have that paired education at CrossFit Boston. What, what does that allow you to do? Uh, maybe even in terms of just like teaching members in a class, like, does that give you any sort of different viewpoint of, you know, training members?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it gives me a better relationship with people. You know, it's not just, you know, we're next to each other in class. Because as a coach, you just engage with everyone so much more than you would <clears throat> as a member. Um, but really, the fact that I have both of them was a happy accident. Um, you know, I got my RD back in 2010, before I had even found CrossFit. And, you know, I trained for a couple of years and decided that it, I would like to coach part-time. Um, but I do see benefits you know, I can look at it and say, well, if you're a CrossFit coach and a dietitian, I mean, that's essentially two different revenue streams for one person. Um, and it's adds so much added value to your gym, um, especially if you were able to be full time and training clients and offering that nutrition to clients. I mean, if you could make, you know, a nutrition session part of fundamentals, that would be absolutely huge. And it's one of those, you know, wishlist things for us, uh, at least for me, I think. But yeah, I think it's really helpful just to be interacting with people regularly. People see me, you know, as a little bit of an authority figure, too. That helps. um, So more people know who I am at the gym Uh, because I generally show up in the morning. So until I was required to coach a 7 p.m. class, I think there was half the gym that I only saw at social events. Um, So that's helpful.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And and, and from that experience, do you have any specific examples or even experiences where CrossFit and New nutrition, that pairing of the education has produced uh, great results for members or even for yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely for myself, you know, I I can anecdotally say people feel better when they're eating healthier. um, Because I don't do one on ones, I don't have, you know, this great transformation story of this person I worked with, and they lost all this weight, or they got so fit. Um, You know, I did have a conversation with a, a member at our gym about you know, he wasn't eating enough. Like he got busy at lunch. He was busy at work. He forgot to eat. Um, he was being, you know, he was tired. He was wondering maybe if he was overtraining and, and we had a little talk about, you know, it's important to eat. Like you need to be eating enough. This guy was doing like two a days. And so he consulted, uh, another nutritionist, I think in the bodybuilding or, or powerlifting community, I forget. And the guy had him like doubling the amount of calories he was eating. And he came to me and he's like, this guy did this and I lost all this weight and I feel so much better. And, so it was sort of you know I didn't personally help him, but because I mean I think because we'd had that conversation, you know that planted that seed and then he was able to um he sought out some some help, someone that was able to help him
0: well, he was able to see like you said exactly what you were saying about nutrition being so important to his training, which I think is really hard, I know for me especially like it's sometimes it's hard to. Um, think about nutrition and supplementing that to help your CrossFit and your training in the box. So sometimes having those examples and experiences and be like, hey guys, look, you know, I have this story and it actually helps someone.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think so many people see nutrition as like a way to like manhandle your body into being thinner or stronger or bigger or whatever you want to do with it. And people don't see it as like putting gasoline in your car. You know, it's not just I'm, ta- tel- I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm targeting my nutrition to meet a certain goal. I mean, you are a lot of times, but you also need to fuel what you're doing. Um, and I think people don't always think about nutrition like that. They think about nutrition as a diet, um, and that's not ever really the case.
0: Yeah. So and with that experience as a certified trainer for CrossFit and the dietitian, would you uh, have any specific advice or tips that you would give to other trainers at CrossFit gyms who are maybe trying to do something similar with you know, teaching their members um, nu- nutrition and CrossFit at the same time that you've learned? Maybe any sort of uh, just advice that you might have brought up earlier, just kind of condensed.
1: Yeah, I would say knowing your membership and where, where they're at and what they're interested in is huge. Um, I think really doing your research is big um, and having a variety of sources. You know, if I want to know something, I'll read the take from a paleo blogger and then I'll read like the U.S. dietary guidelines and then I'll read the CDC. And so I won't just sort of filter. I won't try to filter things through my opinion. I'll really try to learn about um, what the topic is. And I think also having a nutrition philosophy through which, I mean, I think, you know, it's so, there's so much information out there. It's so easy to say like, oh, this thing works, then this thing works. But to really have just a philosophy, you know, my philosophy is that, you know, food means a lot of things to a lot of different people and everyone is going to have a different response to something. And so there's no one right or wrong way to eat, right? I mean, I guess there's a wrong way. Like if you're eating fried food all the time, that's the wrong way. But Generally, if your intentions are good and you're doing your homework and you're trying like there's not like i don't think paleo is inherently better than vegan or vice versa they're just different, and they can both be good if they're done the right way um, you know it's it's they say I think there was just actually research that basically said the best diet is the one you're gonna stick to um, so I think that's that's a big part of it too
0: definitely and and in that, you had mentioned a couple of uh, resources and even reading and comparing different articles. And so I'm curious, you know, what, what are maybe some of your top resources when you're trying to figure out nutrition or, or read up on your nutrition um, knowledge that you maybe uh, want to share with other affiliates or coaches or trainers out there who want to help with nutrition in their own boxes?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. And so, you know, I'll follow the New York Times Health and the Huffington Post. And so I'll catch stuff that's trendy. And then if I want to look up, um, you know, if I want to see what other research says, you know, if something says research says this, well, I'll go on PubMed, which is an online database of clinical research articles. Um, and the articles cost money, but you can get the abstract for free. And that'll, that'll give you a little synopsis of what it found. Um, and I'll try to look through there and see what see what's there. Uh, that's what I did for the organic articles. Um, but also going to areas of expertise. So for uh, for the egg article, you know, I looked on the American Egg Board for a lot of labeling information. And while the American Egg Board's job is to promote eggs, so I wouldn't necessarily use it as a resource to compare the merits of eggs versus salmon, for example. I thought it was a useful resource to differentiate between types of eggs because eggs is what they do. Um, So just really a variety, like I think, you know, there's some good information on government websites, some of it's hard to find, Um, the dietary guidelines that recently came out, as far as I could tell, are pathetic, but the actual like dietary guidelines report, the one written by the scientists and experts, is a little better, (laughs) um, because it's just the science. Um, So looking at reports and stuff like that, I mean, sometimes I'll start with a simple Google search just to sort of figure out do I want to start with a report do I want to start with this and you'll turn up stuff
0: um but how do you sift through that you know because if you get googling sometimes you can stumble across things that maybe aren't so great you know might be presented well but maybe not have any real backing to them how do you sift through that and determine if it's stuff you really want to ingest
1: yeah I mean some of it's being familiar with sort of the quacks so to speak um and, and maybe some people will think that I'm being unfair and calling them quacks. But, you know, you have, like, Mercola and some of those other, um, you know, the the kind of, like, you can cure cancer with, like, coffee beans and an enema or something. Like, that doesn't, you know, staying away from those kinds of websites. I think, you know, as much as there's lobbying money and conflict of interest, I still think there's merit to government websites as a start. Um, you know, the CDC is useful, Um, you know, reputable news organizations can be helpful. Obviously clinical research is like hands down some of the best information if you're looking, um, you know, for example, if you're looking to see, um, about the effects of cholesterol, you're going to want to look at the research articles. You're going to want to look at reports done on that, um, by reputable sources. Colleges and universities are often a great source, um, you know, clinical groups, um, things like that.
0: Makes sense. And also, I'm just kind of curious, Alex, like, let's say, you know, there's there's somebody who's a certified level one trainer at a box and they want to start on this track for becoming, you know, someone well versed in nutrition. How would you suggest they start? Do you have any sort of like education pieces or seminars that they could go to or even um, ideas on like maybe what programs to look to at a uh, look into at a college? Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't I don't. I don't know about seminars or programs, just because I mean, my entrance to nutrition was really college. Um, you know, at if someone has a, a health and fitness background, they're going to need some courses. So, if you wanted to become a dietitian, essentially, you would have to go back to school and get uh, complete a didactic program that would cover, you know, community nutrition, medical nutrition therapy. It probably would take one or two years if you had all your sciences to begin with. And then you would have to do a dietetic internship. That's pretty intensive, but generally um, an RD is one, of the, is one of the two or three, I think, titles you would need to provide real nutrition therapy. So you can say things like, oh, potato chips are bad for you, or you can refer to guidelines. But to really sit down with someone who has diabetes or obesity and use nutrition to help them change their lives, you should generally be a dietitian for that. Um, or... A certified nutrition specialist, which I think is a master's program, that's a little bit less, um, a little bit less of an obstacle, I think, than getting an RD. Just in terms of the things that you would have to do, um, I know there's an international ISSN. I think it's something for sports nutrition. Um, people do that. Um, I th- think there's there's a difference between wanting to educate yourself about nutrition and and be knowledgeable on that topic. So you can write blog posts and and things like that and becoming a dietitian or a CNS where you would be qualified to work in a hospital and do medical nutrition therapy. And I think it's more assessing what you want to do. You know, do you want to add group nutrition talks where everybody, you know, gets together during a challenge and they talk about their struggles together? Or do you want to you know, bill insurance companies to see people who have diabetes and heart disease. um, Or even if you don't bill insurance companies, I think you would still need an RD or a CNS. According, depending on your state law, um, that makes a difference too. But generally, um, so it's, it's, I think I would say evaluate what you want to do. Like, do you want to go down a whole new profession or do you just want to become informed? And I think the sports nutrition, if you want to become informed, um, you know, the ISSN, I think if you are... And I haven't looked at a ton of their stuff, but I know like a lot of, um, I know that's a popular one with trainers, I think. And, you know, if you really want to start a new profession in nutrition, then you might as well just do RD or CNS.
0: No, and that makes sense. It's kind of cool to see the parallel between like when you say members need to know themselves in order to find out their nutrition, Uh, trainers or, you know, whoever wants to get into nutrition might need to know exactly what they want and know themselves and understand like what they want to get from that education so it's kind of neat to see that parallel a little bit well exactly
1: and I would say you know I became a part-time CrossFit coach you know I'm probably not going to pursue my level two and three and four and I won't be getting a master's in kinesiology because while I like it it's not something I want to do as my career and those things aren't worthwhile if I'm not doing this as my full-time career Um, and I think it's the same with nutrition. You know, there's, there's the tack of, I want to get into this, but I don't want to make it my career. There will be limitations on what I can do. And like, I want to become a dietitian or a a certified nutrition specialist or something else that would really allow me to spend more of my time on nutrition.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, awesome. Well, Alex, you have given us (laughs) so much information to digest, forgive me on the nutrition pun, but, it's there. <laughs> um, but you know, before, before we wrap this up, was there anything else though that as we were talking that, uh, maybe you wanted to share even about yourself or CrossFit Boston or anything you want to um, just let us know about? Yeah. I mean, I
1: just, I would say, and I, I think I had this written in my word document of things I would, I would have, so I wouldn't ramble. Um, but I think being, Open and approachable is a huge part of it. Like um, the members know that if they come up to me and they ask me a question about veganism or intermittent fasting or something, like I'm not going to be like, no, that's stupid. You should be eating paleo. Or no, that's dumb. Obviously, the zone diet is the only way, right? Like they know that I really take this objective look at everything and I recognize that things work differently for people. Um, So I think to really avoid dogma um, is a big part of it because your membership is going to be diverse. I think ours is.
0: Well, Again, Alex, thank you so, so much. It's been great having you for Box Talk's first ever episode. Um, But we really appreciate you joining us today. So thank you again.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. Thank you.